Hello and welcome to What Scream, the horror movie podcast where I, your host Ukraine, chats with a special guest every week about horror films. And in particular, we talk about two films that have to do with a certain subject or topic that I have previously randomly chosen. So this week is we are returning to the zombie genre. Um, yeah, it is. It's a genre that kind of comes and goes in waves, um, like most genres, I guess this one in particular there always seems to be a horde of zombie films um, and then they go away for a bit so yeah uh, I don't know what you think about zombie films I was obsessed with them as a child or as a teenager even I think because they were the most gory and accessible um, films uh, and especially because when I was about 15 they were redoing a lot of the the, the Romero films like Dawn of the Dead um, so yes, this week my guest is Paul Waller and together we are chatting about two zombie films. The first one is the 1987 The Video Dead, directed by Robert Scott. And the second one we are talking is uh, quite a recent, recent release, no, okay, 2017, that's like six years ago, oh my god. Um... <laughs> Our other film is One Cut of the Dead from 2017, uh, a Japanese zombie comedy film directed by Shinjiro Ueda. Um, yes, so I hope you enjoy this talk about these two zombie films with my guest Paul Waller. So I would like to welcome to the podcast for the very first time, I'm very excited to have this guest on. Uh, Paul, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks for having me. It's no problem. It's nice to be here. I love it. We yeah. literally just recorded an episode of your podcast, which was very good. Um, super excited to have that come out. I do like listening back on episodes I've done, just so I know that I didn't say anything stupid. Um. <laughs> what the edit button's for, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so would you like to introduce yourself and let people know what you do? Yeah, um, I'm Paul, um, Paul Waller, and my sort of name online is Waller not Weller um, <laughs> it's, it's confusing I guess um but yeah uh, I do uh, a couple of podcasts music podcast and my main thing is a horror podcast called a year in horror um and all it's I basically choose a out of a hat a year and then I talk about all, all the horror films that have got either three or more out of five on letterbox from that year I watch them all in normally the space of one month um, and in the same period as I do that I'm also in a band called Ohms uh, we've just about got an album out in about a month and a wife and a dog I'm really busy but horror just seems to be something I just don't want to give up on and why would you horror is the best genre in the world so yes. <laughs> um so seeing as you pick out uh, random years, what is your favourite year, or I guess decade might be easier to say for horror? Oh, no, you can go for year. Like, okay, go for it. If you have a year, then go for it. My, my wife said when I was going to start, because COVID happened and I managed bands as well, uh, and all of a sudden there was nothing to do during COVID. Like, it was like, right, I need to fill this time. All these horror films I haven't seen, and I've got to start with a year. And she just went, go for 1984. Uh, when I was born, I was like, I will. And that year, I've, I'm so annoyed that it was the first one because 
with your first episode, you're always, you don't know what you're doing yet. And it was um, a bit of a mess. I'm scared to even listen back. And it's my most busy episode. So goodness knows like how many people have just got, oh, my word, I'm not having that. I do not want that. So, but what a year 1984 was uh, for films. I think I put my number one as A Nightmare on Elm Street. And um, yeah, I just discovered so much. And it's so good the way that Letterboxd works um, because you can just go onto one of those lists. It's got like all the horror films ever made. You narrow it down to 1984. There, There we go. Put them in order. Easy. Love it. So yeah, that's basically how the podcast runs and I'm still watching two a day now can't help myself yeah um so how did you get into horror and do you remember what the first horror film was you ever saw well so it's I love the question I ask everyone it and myself I just I'm never 100% sure like the first one Uh, I mentioned to you on on our show that I just did that I used to like sneak down and watch my parents like over their shoulders like what they're watching one was Michael Caine in this film called The Hand but it was too scary uh, and I I was of the age where I, I was finally allowed a like black and white tv in my bedroom um, and I would have the sound really really low and I remember watching this thing called The Swarm um, just about killer bees and I just thought Do you know what what was I scared of this is nonsense um, so I, I don't know if you call it horror, but my my big in was this thing called V. Uh, yeah, I remember V. Yeah, yeah. Aliens like coming from outer space, but that they're they're naughty, bad aliens. They're very naughty. They're lizard people, really. Uh, and I consider that a horror, even though it's definitely sci-fi first. But that was my first big in. Oh my god! Every single. I think it was a Friday night that, that it would come out. And I remember coming home from school, just being so excited that the, the new episode is coming out. Um, so, yeah, I would say that's my first. Um, yeah, definitely. Zombies, though, n- never really got a look in. Never really got a look in. <laughs> which leads us nicely on to uh, our, our topic at hand, which is zombies. Yes. Um, quite a broad one, but I feel like we've picked quite interesting ones um especially your pick but before we get into that so what is your opinion on zombie horror not much you know i i don't like it much <laughs> which is a shame that i one of my favorite all-time films is a zombie one um i although now i think i just want as little uh, amount of people around me as possible i don't like hanging out with other humans like i love doing these zoom chats or whatever that's brilliant but being with people, not so much. But in my youth, I had all these friends that we would love the same music and love horror and come round um, to mine and we would just watch films. And I remember watching Night of the Living Dead, Dawn, Day, all the big ones and just loving it and just thinking zombies are the best thing. Uh, I was probably 17 to 20, so that sort of age. Um, and like even recently, like I can't slag it because Train to Busan, like there's one called Hashtag Alive I like, The Sadness, like it's another great one. There was a comedy uh, which was brilliant called Little Monsters uh, recently, I love that. And then there was this Australian one with the guy from The Office called Cargo. I, I love that as well. So I, I do love these things. But if you go, oh, what do you want to watch? I would say I want to watch something that's a cult and spooky and is going to really shit me up. I don't really care sorry i don't know i can swear 
No, you can't. You can swear. I I do it all the time. But, yeah, Yeah. I I would rather watch um, anything but a zombie one. And I think maybe it's the the fault of The Walking Dead. How do you stand on The Walking Dead? So I... (sighs) I tried to watch it so many times and I'd always get past the first season, even though it's really short, I'd get past the first season and be like, yeah, I'm not bothered about uh, continuing that. But then my husband was like, I, again, during lockdown was like, look, we've got all this time. Yeah. We might as well start and finish it. So yeah, we started it and right up until, you know, the, the last season there, we were watching it. Granted, I did dip out on a few seasons because I was like, this is terrible. Like, how many times are they just going to keep recycling the same old storyline? I'm really bored. Um, You know what? Like, as a, on the practical effects side, I think is fantastic. And I think bringing that to, like, TV, great. Um, But I just thought it got really boring. Um, So for me, I'm kind of like you when I was a teenager and kind of getting into horror, zombies were having a resurgence. So we had all the remakes of the George Romero films. um, And uh, there was stuff like uh, Warm Bodies came out and... Just loads of like zombie centric. I zombie was playing. Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah, I forgot Um, about that one. So zombies were the in thing, Mm -hmm. Uh, and this was kind of before Twilight came out. So then vampires had their had their day or their night again. Um, So yeah, I was really into it because you know, like when you're a teenager, you just want to watch the most goriest grossest thing right. can, and that's what zombies are but then as I got older and I don't want to be like as I got less ignorant but like you know as I started discovering I stuff and like kind of analyzing the subtext and you know zombies are very there's not much subtext behind them it's very much like here's some reanimated corpses possibly by a virus possibly by something supernatural and off they go and there's only so much you can do with it so yeah zombies <sighs> I still have such love for like Night of the Living Dead. Um, I absolutely adore that film. And apart from stuff like 28 Days Later, um, Train to Busan, the sadness, like you said, apart from those that kind of play off the zombie, uh, the zombie tropes, I don't really have much time for zombie films, funnily enough. It is a common thread throughout like us horror nutcases that like that's the one genre that plays out because it's just there's so little you can do with it and it's already been done like how are you going to add that something else i mean like the um um oh what did we just mention the the sadness it amped up the violence to the point where a lot of people won't have seen things that violent before so like there's your little tick there's your in but for us that have been like neck deep into into horror for decades like well we actually have we've seen that sort of stuff you know we've we've ventured into cat three films and things like that and we know know those sort of beats so even for us it's just like oh even though i really enjoyed the sadness it didn't bring anything new um yeah it's weird like i wouldn't say they're my favorite at, at all but i've spent so many so many hours like you probably watching night of the living dead day Dawn the remakes i just yeah i think obsession yeah i'll have such a soft spot for those but like who is it Zack snyder that brought out oh off we go to vegas well i can't even remember what it was called (laughs) it was so bad it was horrific and so long 
Oh, and all it was was like Dave Batista talking about opening up his sandwich van or something, and it was just like I can't with it. That that's terrible. That did nothing. That did not need to be nearly three hours long. Um, I, you know what? I'm really interested in perhaps the future of zombies, uh, especially. I know Last of Us. Obviously, they're like they're not zombies, um, but they are. Um, <laughs> I just I like that kind of like where can they go with the zombie genre? That's not exactly like the past and where they do have this right we're going to take it from a fungal um kind of perspective and look at these weird things with mushrooms growing out of their heads like so i'm, I'm actually really enjoying the last of us and not just because it's got pedro pascal in it but because it's actually <laughs> it's actually quite enjoyable <laughs> easy easy uh, i'm not willing to get invested in it that program i, I got invested in uh, the walking dead and maybe that's why it's so played out for me. Um, but I got so let down by it. And I mentioned uh, Lost in our other chat. And it was like that. I never got let down with Lost, even though like uh, the ending is, you know, people do hate that ending. But it's still, it's still a really great talking point. But with the, with the Walking Dead, it just seemed to play itself out. It was no longer the conversation with like horror nuts. It was just like, whatever everyone's dropped out seasons ago why are you still watching it exactly um so let's start then with uh your choice which was an interesting one to say the least i'd never heard of it before so i really enjoyed watching it um do you want to introduce it and give a brief synopsis please i'd love to so i would say it's in my top five of all time uh, it's my favorite definite b movie and i think that's being generous to it really by saying it's a b movie uh, it's called The Video Dead. Hidden inside the house at 21 Shady Lane Avenue is a black and white TV with the power to turn itself on and come alive with the dead. The Video Dead. But for the new owners, their first warning may be too late. Why did you kill her? You don't know what you're missing. It came out in 1987, um, and the synopsis is really easy. Like A TV set is delivered to the wrong address. Somehow it kills the residents in that address, uh, and then a new family moves in, um, but the TV is still there, and it holds supernatural powers and acts as a portal for zombies to enter their world. Uh, and zombies ensue. That, that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I was so like uh, endeared to this film i i was expecting obviously because when you put it on you're like oh this is bad but it's a good bad it's like yeah. one of those bads that you're like you know what we have to watch this film um i i really enjoyed it i i loved the kind of independent film aspect of it like you could imagine some college kids doing this and i, I love those kind of films where you think like oh you know this is definitely made by a few kids on a couple of hundred dollars um but why did you pick this apart from it being your favorite one of your favorites well, why did you pick this i, I it was when when i'm younger um i'm just looking in the video shop for the most gnarly covers and this one had the most like wow that zombie is coming out of a tv set there's electricity around it it looks like insane it's going to be gore dripping off them it's going to just be the best thing that i've ever seen and of course rented it and just thought hmm it was one of them that i kept going back and renting it again and then like 
when I'll be on my own, it's like none of my friends are around tonight. I'm just going to watch that again until I bought my own copy of it. And it was my introduction to low budget cinema. And I didn't know that I was attracted to it until I got into this film. I kept coming back to it, but it was that cover art that, that pulled me in. It's so important back in the day when we didn't have access to anything, you had to choose something. What was that? Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be like a very, 80s 90s thing because even when I was younger and my granny used to take me to the video shop because she lived in England and I lived in England up until I was like 10 so we used to go to the video shop and it was all about what cover looked the most messed up that I would go have a look at and then run away from because if I looked at any longer I'd be cursed or something you know something like that so I I really love that that's kind of your history with it um I I love the characters. I love the zombie characters. They've all got these characters. And the one that I absolutely adore is the bride. Um, I just think that the makeup is great. Um, and it's just, they're just so funny. There's these characters that are kind of bumbling around and, you know, they, they don't like their own reflections because it reminds them that, you know, they're, they're dead and that's how you kind of fight them off. And it's just, it's fantastic. And then you've got this character that's like a, the kind of like gung-ho you know he's going to take the young boy under his wing and they're going to fight zombies together and it's just it's just so enjoyable it really is and that's the thing it's free to watch on youtube um uh, over in this country there there are rights issues with it so at the moment we can't get a bells and whistles blu-ray uh blu-ray of it and i think even if you have a multi-region. You have to buy it from America with Terravision uh, alongside it. Like, so you can't actually just own it as is at the moment. So that's got me excited because I can't wait for some firm just to bring it out. Come on, Arrow. Like, whoever. I don't care. Just I want it with all the bells and whistles. And the great thing is doing the horror podcast. When 1987 came out of the bag, I was like, right, I'm going to contact this cast. I'm going to dig deep and find out what the hell were they thinking. And um, I tracked a couple down, um, which which is great. And although I got to speak to one, they didn't want to come on the podcast, uh, which is Michael St. Michael. And you might know him from, he was in The Greasy Strangler. Um, so it was a more recent thing when he, he played a really greasy, grimy strangler. Um, but uh, he's in it. But the one that I loved and I love finding her um, was Roxana Augustin. Now, she is the the lead, I would say, in this. She's the one that um, does eventually battle uh, the zombies around the dinner table. And she is now a lawyer. And yeah, so I emailed nothing. So then I found out what her new name is because she's changed her name since this. And I called her office. Um, I, I was desperate just to say hello, and I knew that's one way you can do it. They want business. That that's I'm such a horrible human being for doing it. Anyway, um, I managed to book an appointment just for a a talk, um, a legal talk, <laughs> because I didn't want to say, oh yeah, that video. <laughs> so anyway, as soon as I mentioned it, she didn't have the time, and that was it. And that was the end of the conversation. But it was a dream actually being put through to her, had a time slot, could just have a chat with her. And she just said, I don't have time for it. I'm sorry. And that was the end of the call. But what 
a moment. Like this film means so much to me. And just to have that two minutes and her, the rest of her day, she'd just be thinking, what a dick. Like, why do that? How did you find me? Uh, and it, it did take like a good couple of hours online sleuthing around. But, there we go. So that's my little stalking story. I'm very <laughs> sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> yeah. So she, is it Zoe that she plays? Yes. Um, yeah. And she, she's the one that's kind of left at the end that realizes that, you know, she has to kind of defeat these zombies. Um, and yeah, she leads them all to the dinner table, which is hilarious. And it really reminded me of um, uh, Peter Jackson's um, Dead, Dead. Dead <laughs> oh my god! Dead yes. alive. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's not Dead Meat. That's an Irish film. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it really reminded me of that scene. Um, and I thought we were going to get a really gross custard scene at some point. I was like, oh. That's and even when she leads. <laughs> but even when she leads them down to the basement you know that's where the the zombies are kept in in peter jackson's film um and it's just so funny because it's not like this massive like blood apart from them all like starting to you know turn on each other and eat each other it's not this like big bloodthirsty gory you know showdown i mean we do have a chainsaw at one point but you know that's not the end of it and it's really funny that we have this kind of you know she has to use her wits and her intelligence instead of a chainsaw right. to yes. kind of defeat yeah to defeat this um and i just think the end shot as well when she's in the hospital and they're like we we brought this television in for you <laughs> that that's the thing like it technically it's flawed um all over the place like even like one of the the zombies has an iron stuck in its head uh, and in one of the scenes when it turns around you can see the prosthetic. It's like so poorly done. You think, oh, just one second edit there. That would have been perfect. You missed it. And then you left it in. Like there's little things that are so annoying. Um, but like you said right at the beginning, it's endearing. There is something about it that is just so uh, comforting. It's a comfort blanket of a film. And I don't know if it would stand up if you watched it fresh. So I'm glad that you got something out of it because, yeah, I'm, it's so ingrained in my whole being. I, I have no idea. So do you think it has a commentary or something to say about um, television and I guess the way it was received back in the 80s um, and, and how it might have affected youth? I or think, is that going too deep for this? No, it, I think it is going too deep. I, I, <laughs> I know that... Um, again, reading the interviews from the time, like various magazines that I've found since, I mean, just totally obsessive about this, that they wanted to pull up questions about um, inner beauty and things like that, what's really important. Um, and I don't, I think even that failed. Like, I know that they're defeated by, uh, you know, they don't want to see themselves and what they really are like because they want to be reminded of when they're alive and better times and when they're younger and things like that and they're not dead but again like it doesn't really i don't i don't think any of the subtext if there is any there actually works and, and that's okay the, the, the films don't have to have that um it would be a better film for it if it was uh, better written you know, if, if they'd taken a bit more time and actually played with those things you mentioned um and you can see maybe there are stabs at them, 
But as soon as you look in, looking for those threads, it just comes apart instantly because they haven't worked on it hard enough. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, no, I think they <laughs> failed with that. I don't think it's that kind of film. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. But, you know, I, I still love it. I, I love that they've gone to the, the woods with hardly any budget um, and they've made what they can in the woods. They've, they've hired out a house uh, or used someone that they know's house uh, and made sure it was empty and then they've used that to the max. And then they've spent all their the rest of their budget on creature effects. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, would you recommend the Video Dead to horror fans? A hundred percent. Like I, as I say, it's difficult to say whether you will get as much out of it as I will because I watched it when I was like seventeen or something first time. But I love that it's on YouTube. When I'm too tired to watch something, I will put that on, and I don't mind drifting asleep to it because it's just. It's a love affair that I never want to end. <laughs> yeah, I, I would recommend it just like just for the crack. You know, it's um, it's a good film, as you said, to just put on, kind of relax to. And also, you know, it's a merit to low budget kind of filmmaking. Um, Too right. And what people had to go through kind of to, to make a film and what people still go through as well. Um, so, yeah, I definitely recommend it as well. Um, so let's move on to my choice then, which, again, is another non kind of normal zombie horror film i guess you could say um so i chose the the japanese zombie comedy film one cut of the dead i got the It's a strange setup, but it follows um, a set of like actors and a director and cameramen and filmmakers who are shooting a kind of a zombie film for live television. So it's all done in one cut. Um, And yeah, it opens really strangely because you think it opens on an actual horror film and then you realise that it's a film, but then you think perhaps the film is in a horror film. And then you realise that, no, this is just a setup for shooting this kind of TV show. Um, and it is hilarious. Like, I, this is the third time I've watched it when I watched it today and I found myself chuckling along to it. It's just so funny. Um, what did you think of this film? I... When I finally watched it, let's say that I loved it. Um, but my initial viewing was that it, oh, well, what I heard, I heard so much good stuff about it. 2017 film festivals, they love, love horror fans are just like, oh my word. All my friends that are far more into uh, like film journalism and things had seen it already because it was various festivals. So I'm left there going, oh, when is, when's this going to come out? 2018, I get to see it. And I turned it off. I was just like, this is trash. I I love low budget horror. And I just thought, even this is too rubbish, too crap. And I turned it off and I didn't come back to it for another month. Did that happen to you or did you know a bit more going in? No. So the first time I watched it, it was after... You know, I've been listening to a few podcasts and they were like, this is a great film, it's a great take on the zombie genre. Um, 
you know, zombie, zombie, zombies. And I was like, okay, you know what? I've been out of love with zombies for a while. So if something's a new take on the zombie genre, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And it's not that. And I think it'd been billed as that. And so when I went in, I was like, oh, I'm really disappointed. Um, you know, that wasn't as good as I thought it was. But since I've gone back and watched it a few times, I'm like, actually, no, this is... Now, I think when you go into something with expectations, you're always going to be disappointed, um, especially if it's completely different to what other people have kind of marketed it as. Um, so, yeah, I I was quite disappointed the first time I watched it as well, but have since kind of rekindled a romance with it. Yeah, I... I'm shocked that I turned it off so early, knowing that people loved it so, so much. But yeah, my first viewing of it, I, a, a proper viewing, shall I say, where I actually got to the end. It was one of those rare treats where I got tingles um, when they're lifting uh, right at the end. Uh, I, I don't know how much to spoil, whether we should. No, we do, we do spoilers, so go but ahead. That lift. It just gave me tingles and tingles. And it's like, wow, I don't get this from films anymore. This is so good. Uh, it's such a feel-good film as well. It is, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Bizarre. I really love the way, so, you know, what you see first is what they're putting out, say, onto the live television. So you see that and you hear, like, zombie noises and people falling over and being like, whoa, and you think, okay, zombies. And it's when it it lifts that veil and it shows you what is actually going on. You know, one of the cast members is drunk and the poor director has to hold him up and, you know, and he, you know, vomits on another cast member's face and the cast member's like, whoa, what the hell? And it's just so funny seeing like the crew stand under the actors and like throwing limbs at them and then as you said the lift at the end where they've broken the camera crane so they have to get into like a pyramid formation and he's got to lift his daughter up on his shoulders um it's just it's hilarious and it's something that i can imagine actually happens with low budget films that don't have you know huge million budgets and they do have to basically make a human pyramid to try and get this film done why not you know why not like i've never seen anything like this before which we mentioned earlier like how can you make these zombie films fresh how how what do you have to do for us horror fans to actually be surprised by them you can't just put um mastodon in you know zombie suits or whatever you know and have them be in game of thrones and like there you go there's your new zombies it's got to be something different it's got to be something exciting and original and for me I'd never seen anything like it and it's that combination of this is new and actually they've written this out of the bag unlike my film that I recommended this film has been expertly put together to so nuanced and to a fine brush stroke of like a work of art and yeah how it all comes together um, and those little callbacks like, oh, okay, that's how that was done. Yeah, you're right. Like, I can't, and like with the, my podcast, I always ask people, find a fault in it. And the only fault I could get out of this was that intro being what it is. It's a real big, ballsy risk to do filmmaking like that. And if I hadn't have just got over myself and what is this noise about? I would have missed out. I would have missed out. So that's the only thing. It just starts off so unusually weak, right? even though that's the whole point of it. 
Yeah. I, I also really love the way, I don't say this a lot because, you know, I, I do like my nihilistic films, but I like the way that it's so kind of heartwarming and, you know, you've got this director and, you know, he's got a wife and a child at home and he really wants to reconnect with his child and, you know, she's kind of an older teenager and, you know, she loves her heartthrobs and whatever. Um and, you know, also his wife has given up her joy of acting, but this zombie film brings them all together. And it was just so heartwarming. It's like a family kind of, family, you know, heartwarming drama almost set against this zombie film. <laughs> yeah. What did you make? This is where I've shown a couple of other people um, because I've just said, like, I know you're not really into Japanese cinema, but give this one a go. And they lost interest a bit in the the, the meeting room. So like during the middle of the film, everyone gets together and they're discussing the script and like how it can be bettered and like, oh, why are you playing like that? Why are you drunk? You know, all this sort of thing. And, and the, I just think, again, such expert writing, the way they've actually meted the hell out of this thing. Um, I was so impressed by it, but they did not like that part at all. How's your feelings on it? I liked it because you got the kind of sense of each individual actor or each individual character or film crew and like kind of what would go wrong and how they would kind of get it together. I mean, we've got, I think it's Ko is the the love interest in the film and he's played by a big heartthrob and he's a bit of a dickhead. And then, you know, the, the main girl's a bit of a sap and she's very much, you know... <laughs> The director's like, do you need teardrops to cry? And she's like, well, yeah. And he's just like, for fuck's sake, like, can you not just cry? Yeah. And it builds up to this point where we've all, we've previously seen, but the director has to, because of something else that's happened with other castmates, the director has to act himself. And he goes full into like having a go at these actors. And yeah. it's because of that reading, the, the cast reading beforehand, that he's like, I'm going to lay into them because <laughs> I'm really stressed right now. And it's just, it just makes for like, I think the guy who plays the director is absolutely fantastic. He is the the golden apple of this film. Lovely. I'm glad you feel that way. Because honestly, I, as I say, I've got very few friends that will join me in our, our film watching. And I, I guess zombies aren't their bag either. And yeah, as soon as it, like the whole thing slowed down, like they, they didn't mind it when it got to the end. But it's just like, I actually think this is like in my top five uh, of that year that it came out. Like it's that good. This is a great film. Like Hagazusa came out, Hereditary, Annihilation, like tons of films that I truly love came out at the same time. And this is up there. And they're like, yeah, so upsetting. I also really, I love these kind of wins for films as well. Like we said, it was a low budget independent film. And it was made for like something like $25,000 and it made a thousand times more than that. Like that is such a win for like low budget horror. You're right. And like I watched, oh my word, I watched Skinnamarink yesterday and I didn't get it. Like, and I think that I get all horror now. Like that is as low budget as you can get. I think again, 20 grand, maybe 10 grand. I can't remember the budget of that one. Uh, and there's a real similarity um, between One Cut of the Dead and that because of that price bracket. What can you get for your buck? And this film, 
excels in what they get for their buck. They've they've got uh, they've got like three areas. They've got the inside of that production studio where they're they're, they're doing the reading, the sitting. They've got the the actual big sort of room at the beginning where they're the, like an auditorium place where they're meeting and they're chatting about. Um, oh God, the zombie! Can you hear the zombies? There's a zombie anywhere. <laughs> oh, motorbikes just turned up. So <laughs> I wonder what my dog's barking about. So there's that, and then you've also got the outside. So you've got these three like loc- locations. Mister Puggles, no respect. Um, so yeah, you've got these three locations. With Skinner Inc., you've got the one location. Um, and it's just inside this house and I know it's an art film but it didn't pull me in at no point did I feel like you were utilizing what you could and I know the point of Skinner Inc is you're looking in the corners of the screen like where's the next fright going to be is there going to be a fright um you know this the sound design is really important to it but this film with the tiny budget has created such a vast wealth uh, of intricacies and like this happened exactly in this place you'll remember exactly where that foot is it's so impressive so yeah i can't fault one cut of the dead like, at all and yeah i'm so glad it exists in this same year where i've got some of my all-time favorites like hereditary it's mad yeah have you seen the french remake of it oh come on i'm not going to see it like uh, it's difficult enough, as I mentioned earlier, uh, and like it's not cool to say it, but like as soon as there's subtitles, as I said um, in our chat earlier, I'm like always reluctant because I know I can't be skipping around on my phone, I can't do emails, can't do any of that business. So yeah, I'm not going to go for a remake of something that I really enjoyed, and again, it's got subtitles. I'm not going to do it. I it showed at Fright Fest last year. Did it show at Fright Fest last year? Did I imagine that? I think it did show at Fright it Fest. It did, yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. And um I was doing coverage with Moving Pictures Film Club and uh my editor Tim was like, Hey, do you want to take this film? And I was like, Nope. No, I don't. And he's like, Why not? And I was like, out of principle. Like I just don't see the point in remaking it. Like, what was the point? You know? Um, so yeah, that's me being a snob, but uh <laughs> not at all (laughs) that is not snobby that is fair like what a strange decision to do that and i know this film like within our community it shook the place up a bit like it's really important for the people that do love it and you can see how it's going to inspire people but have that inspire you to do your own twist on it you know why why remake it so soon when they've got it so right the first time around it's crazy decision you did the right thing I hope Tim was cool with that. Yeah, he was. He he just laughed and was like, yeah, <laughs> sounds like you. <laughs> so thank you for validating me on that. Um, so would you recommend One Cut of the Dead to horror? 100%. Yeah, like it's so important. And like anything that can keep zombies alive and like worth talking about in this day and age, definitely, definitely. Uh, if you haven't seen it, don't chop out after 10 minutes like me (laughs) yeah exactly the same uh go into it knowing that it's not 
it's not what you're going to expect. So as long as you don't have any expectations, not in a bad way, not that I'm saying, you know, don't have any expectations, they've got to be lower than low, but just don't think that what you're going to see is what you think you're going to see. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend it. Um, I kind of know the answer to this, but out of the two films, which one would you recommend over the other? I would, I mean, I've got to say the video did. It's one of the films of my whole existence that I will take with me. If I can be buried with a VHS copy of that, I will be buried, buried with a VHS copy. But my one cut of the dead, when you said you were going to talk about that, it was just like, oh, do you know what? I'm excited to do a rewatch. And I'm never excited to do rewatches. I want to move on to the next thing. So, yeah, it's damn good films, both of them. Yeah, they actually are. Um, if you're looking for, like, the more traditional, unquote, kind of um, zombie film, I'd go for the video dead. But if you're looking for something a little bit different, a little bit funny, um, I'd definitely go for One Cut of the Dead. Um, so what do you think is the future of zombie films? Or is there a future for zombie films? It's a great question. Like, with A Year in Horror, the podcast that I'm doing right now, there is... I've got a list of episodes that I'm going to be doing and there's zombies and it's just like zombies, just one word. I'm scared to to like click on that and actually go ahead and do that because it's too much. They're all too similar. I don't think there is much of a future for it. Um, I think it's played out like I honestly do. Every time a new twist comes on or I, uh, you know, Shudder will put on like, hashtag alive and I'm like oh, all right I'll watch it and I loved it I'm like oh fine like you know I think that's I think that was Netflix you know of all the things but like I just can't believe that I'm still watching these things when I don't I know that inside I'm not going to enjoy it what's wrong with me <laughs> I feel like you know what with like Train to Busan uh One Cut of the Dead The Sadness I feel like we've got a look towards you know other civilized other cultures other civilizations for a renewal in the zombie culture um obviously originally it comes from haiti and that's all kind of been moved away from um kind of post romero so i kind of feel like the future may be going to other cultures for zombie films and coming away from as much as i love romero coming away from that romero standard of hollywood zombies and kind of looking further afield for zombies or you know resurrected corpses or so that's that's what i'd hope to do i i wonder if realism is a good angle to go to go with with it like to just make it truly real um you know like uh, i don't know like the opposite of reanimator and those like wild 80s films you know where where they're doing that like but then again people would say well actually the, the original night of the living dead you know that's as real as can be. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I have to disagree. I don't think that there is room for it. <laughs> I'm saying no. <laughs> no more. Stop it. Like, stop with the down with the zombies. Um, thank you so much for coming on and chatting zombies with me. Uh, before we go, what is your favourite horror film, apart from The Video Dead? <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. This has been I, I don't know it's been amazing like just to talk about this film I love it and I love telling that story of me stalking someone so terribly and um, yeah many apologies if, if you're listening so all time I'm gonna have to go with The Shining and um, I've rethought it recently 
um, because I covered 1980 on my show and I don't think I can choose a better film. I love to dissect it. I always will watch it if, if it's on random telly. Yeah, it's The Shining. It has to be. The funny thing about Shining is it's not one of my favourite horror films. I At times I find it quite overblown. Um, but every time I watch it, you do see something else. Like I will give it that for its filmmaking. Um, you do see something else. It can be, you can talk for hours about The Shining. And that's something that I really love in filmmaking. It's something I really love about people like Ari Aster at the moment that every time you watch the film, there's something different yeah. Um, or you pick up on something different or your perspective is different depending on where you are in your life. Um, so yeah, I, I was always kind of like, again, I'm such a snob. I'm really like laying myself out here, but I read the book before I saw the film and I was like, ending of the book is better. Um, so, <laughs> and obviously there was that kind of turmoil between Stephen King and Stanley Kubrick. So I was always like, Stephen King's right. Uh, <laughs> But I will give it that it is a very well-made film. Did you ever see the TV version of it where they stuck no, closer? No, I haven't seen it, no. Um, yeah, perhaps I'll have to check that out. But it's all—it's also a problem I had with Doctor Sleep as well. I hated the Doctor Sleep. Version. Oh, wow. Mm. I wish I chose that then. <laughs> I love that film. Yeah, didn't you know, know, the I scariest didn't. thing when reading The Shining, just to finish up, sorry to go on, but... Um, this the the hose pipe snake um it, it just in the book was so frightening for me growing up it's just like oh my god can't, i can't even imagine and the 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 topiary in, in like that was moving again just so scary as a child absolutely frightening yeah um so yeah thank you so much for for coming on and where can people find you if they would like to do so Oh, I would say just two things. A Year in Horror, um, if you want to listen to me and several guests talk about horror movies uh, from particular years, uh, and the band Ohms, which is O-double-H-M-S. Uh, we've got a tour coming up and a new album coming out in a month. So that was my talk there with Paul Waller about zombies uh we talk about 1987's the video dead as well as 2017's one cut of the dead so let me know what do you think about this week's episode do you enjoy zombie films do you enjoy these two zombie films um i've covered quite a few zombie films um i think the only one that i've yet to cover that i should really get my ass into doing is the night of the living dead um I would love to do a deep dive on the Romero original of the dead films. So yes, let me know what you think. Uh, I'm on Twitter at what underscore scream as well as Instagram at what a scream. And don't forget you can rate, review, subscribe. That would be, I'd be really grateful for that um, on whatever platform you are listening to me on. And don't forget to stay horrific. Goodbye.